Imagine knowing exactly what your students are learning and exactly which steps you need to take next. Join us in Down With The Reading Quiz to craft meaningful and productive formative assessments that move away from gotcha moments of basic recall and toward assessing what your students actually can do. In this 30-minute free masterclass, we'll share three powerful assessment keys that work for any novel at any time of the year. Head to shop.bravenewteaching.com slash masterclass to sign up, and we'll also send you a free workbook to keep track of all your notes. Once again, that's shop.bravenewteaching.com slash masterclass to nail formative assessments forever. Hey, Amanda. Hey, Marie. What are you up to later? Want to join me for happy hour? I'm all in. And guess what's amazing? Our listeners and friends of the podcast can also join us because Brave New Teaching Happy Hour has officially launched. Cheers. Cheers, everyone. We are officially hanging out a little bit longer after school with an extended extra private podcast feed just for you. Yes. Members of Happy Hour get extra 15 minutes of the podcast, give or take, because you know us, we run a little bit long. It's just kind of how we are. But if you would like to get in on this Happy Hour action, please join us. It is only $5 a month. Head to curriculumrehab.com slash happy hour and get yourself signed up because when you're there, Amanda, tell our friends what we do every month for our Happy Hour members. I think my favorite part is coming up with a new free resource for our listeners every month. And then we pretty much break down that resource and how to use it. We also like to have guests on to do extended episodes and even Q&A that's just for you about that resource. It's really exclusive and super private just for you. So if you are like us and you like hanging out, you like chit-chatting about all things that are teaching, teacher life, and everything under that umbrella, join us for happy hour and we will see you there. Bye. Bye. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to Brave New Teaching. I have to say I am very anxious to get started recording today's episode because it is extremely self-serving for me. Amanda is, quite frankly, revered nationwide, I tell you, nationwide, as an essential question expert. Her class, her ELA classroom is inquiry-driven, inquiry-based, and this lady can write an essential question without even batting an eyelash. And so she's going to help me today and coach me through writing essential questions for a new prep that I will be teaching next year in the 2020-2021 school year, and I'm so excited to get started. Oh my gosh, me too, because you're, I don't know if I'm nationwide renowned. It's probably there are people like- on at least two coasts who know that you're good at this. So that would be Spanish. It might even be global. I have a couple of friends in Abu Dhabi <laughs> and I talk to them about this all the time. So I mean, let's just call it global. We're just going to use the rhetoric to our advantage. That's what we're going to do. Well, you guys, if you've been listening to our episodes in order, we've been really kind of diving in this summer to unit planning and looking at your curriculum from this like zoomed out perspective and kind of getting a feel for everything and how it fits together rather than just like the nitty gritty daily day in and day out. And I can tell you that the beginning of my career, I feel like every day was like, what am I doing tomorrow? What am I doing tomorrow? What am I doing tomorrow? Oh my God, what am I doing tomorrow? Oh, well, thank God it's Friday. <laughs> well, and, and then, and not even at the beginning, you're like, that's happened to me every time I've had to change a prep or I've had totally. to, or I've decided to teach a new unit. And then that unit is like, 
okay, hurry up and grade from today and then plan for tomorrow. Okay, maybe don't grade anything for three months and then, uh, uh, yeah, it's, it's a terrible way to live. And I'm telling you, like, I really didn't know it until it hit me. And it's going to sound really cheesy to say this, but it was essential questions that totally changed the game for me. And I know that that's similar to you, Marie. Like, it was one of those, like, not just a light bulb moment, but like a, my ship's crashing into the shore and I'm never going to be on a boat again. No, that, I'm just I mean, that's fly. a little dire, but I feel you like it was done with that life. It was over. It was over leaving the past behind me. No, I've had the exact same sort of a thing with essential questions and with inquiry. I just get so like where you and I differ and where I think your superpower lies is that you can see, I use this metaphor all the time, but you can see the forest through the trees when it comes to inquiry. I can see it 20% of the time on my own and the other 80% of the time I need help. I get lost in the weeds as we used to say in the restaurant business. I was in the weeds all the time. Like just, I think I know and I think I have a grasp and I know a bunch of our listeners are probably bobbing their heads right now. Like, yes, yes. I know inquiry is great, but I'm crap at writing questions. And that's, sometimes I'm good, but like, it's not reliable. So- Today's episode is for so many of you. If you guys listened to our first two episodes, well, I guess the two that preceded this one were all about visualizing the unit. Today, I'm actually going to take Marie. This is live, unscripted. We're going to dive into one of her units and draft and brainstorm an essential question together. And if you don't have someone to do this with at your school, you have us right now in this episode. And now we're going to play our really adorable intro music. Actually, before we do that, I want to mention really fast that Amanda has a masterclass on essential questions. So listen to this episode, and then at the end, we will have some information for you. Okay, so stay tuned. Cue intro music. You're listening to Brave New Teaching, a podcast for educators challenging the status quo. I'm Amanda, and I'm a high school English teacher in Illinois. And I'm Marie, and I'm also a high school English teacher in Southern California. We're so glad you're here. Enjoy the show. Okay, Marie. So if you were taking my class, the first thing I would ask you to do is kind of hone in on three pillars. And I understand that you did your homework. I'm a very good student. I am, I am a brown noser to the nth degree. Okay. So for those of you guys who don't know, if you, if you want to know more, I'll tell you more in my masterclass, but I really want to start the essential question conversation by knowing about your texts, the themes that are kind of on your mind and the themes that kind of not only come out of the text, but even out of like current events and the way that your year looks, and then the skills that you've decided are really important right now. So give me your trifecta of okay. those things. So let's start with text since you said that first. And this is kind of like a, so I, I work in nine week quarters right? So like each, so we're going to look at just quarter one, nine weeks. Over those nine weeks, I kind of have a lot of texts. Um, I have the crucible because of many reasons and it is an old dead white guy, but there's a lot we can do with the crucible. Yep. I'm also working with a team that has been um, existing before me. I've taught American Lit, for everybody that's listening. This We're talking about 11th grade uh, gen ed ELA 
in my school that is American literature. And I've taught it before, but I have never taught it on the quarter system. My school used to be on a semester system and that's when I taught it before. And so like, I feel like I need to just hone in on stuff. So just a little background. Um, I want to look at oral tradition, Native American literature, that sort of a thing. I want to look at poetry, um, transcendentalism, romanticism, gothic-ish. Yeah, I know. You're giving me weird faces. Um, but let me get to my themes, and then you'll kind of okay. see where I'm okay. going with this. Okay. And then I want to do a choice novel unit of contemporary American author YA. Okay, I'm here for this. I'm here for this. Okay, <laughs> okay. guys. I am telling you, I knew none of this before recording. Yeah. So this is super raw. Her oh, eyebrows did crazy stuff just now, guys. Because we're <laughs> on Zoom. Eyebrows, yeah. We're on Zoom and our eyebrows were like, boopity, boopity, boopity. Okay, so the, th- <laughs> the themes I want to look at in this quarter are identity and like perception or perspective. And kind of yeah. where the two intersect. Okay. Okay. Skills I'm going to look at are point of view. It's rhetorical analysis, really. But like specifically, I want to look at point of view. So what is stated versus what is meant by examining point of view. And then specifically with author's craft, I want to look at syntax, diction, and like argument. So rhetorical analysis. Sure, sure. Um, and that's what I got on my wow. list. So, okay. yeah. Wow. And it's it- like... It's changeable. The other thing is I have this idea in my head of taking oral tradition and poetry and like mashing it together. And that's kind of cool. That's a really cool idea. So I guess, so my first step, and I'm not going to just like blurt out an essential question because I'm not there yet. Damn. Um, I super hoped you were going to just do the work for me, but okay. <laughs> we're going to get, no, we're going to get there because it's, <laughs> it's got to be, and this is how I learned it was being on a team with people who cared about this. So, yeah. um, okay. So I want to go back to your texts really quick. Okay. And I, I want to talk about where do the crucible and oral tradition, Native American texts, where do those overlap? Because in my brain, because I, I know you have, I, I heard your themes, but I'm trying to think too about, I hear a lot about like origin, like isn't the crucible like a very, maybe this is a bastardization of it, but it's somewhat of an American origin story, right? It's like a place where we started. Um, I mean... The thing ish. that I ish it, I would say yes in that the crucible is an amazing because it's written by Arthur Miller in the 50s, right? So like yes. But it's I think it's a great reflection of the way that Americans specifically can use rhetoric to change a story, right? Or to alter a narrative. And so looking at it from the perspective of like its own setting with the Puritans the overlap there is that the Puritans were, well, I mean the colonials before, but like were decimating Native American culture <laughs> while defending their own honor. And I'm using air quotes around that in a lot of ways. I know I, I, th- I like what yeah. you're saying where it's kind of an origin story and it's like a self-defining moment because that allegory of, well, not allegory, but that true story of Salem, Massachusetts being used to reflect the McCarthy trials, I think is, I think the idea of an American origin story is a great, I think it's very poignant. I'm not being very articulate right now. 
you know, you are, cause I think we're getting to something and, and I think what's on my mind, I'm thinking about, and then the way that you presented the way that native Americans were treated during the same time that the, the story is set. I think that that speaks to your idea and theme on perspective. So I think maybe your essential question might be dancing somewhere around using the word perspective, but also like looking back or looking on the way history is told, like that's the rhetoric part, like the way that history is presented, the way that American America's origins are presented. I mean, there's lots um, of supplementary ways you could go in that direction. Um, and I think that that's, I think perspective is definitely stronger to me than identity. Okay. Unless, unless identity is like identifying like, who we are as a nation and like the storytelling of like who is America and how does that change depending on who tells the story. I like that. And I had this idea as you were talking just now, something about if I know who I am as a person or if we know who we are as a people, how does that alter our perspective. So like looking at one historical event, kind of like you're saying, this is basically exactly what you said. I'm just kind of rewording. No, say it again. Looking at one historical event from multiple perspectives. Well, what is that? How do do you define perspective? Well, your perspective is your own filter or your own lens, which is created by your own identity. Yes. So maybe there's some sort of a process of articulating identity. Where does identity come from? And how does identity... How do identity and perspective intersect to create meaning? How do identity and perspective? It's, it's close. We're getting. Yeah, we're getting. Somewhere. I mean, I feel like, yeah, I feel like that's saying a lot of big words that all kind of mean the same thing. So that would be a hard essential question to address if I'm 17. But I think we're getting somewhere. So can I ask you another question? Can I ask you to help give me some perspective? Um, what does unit two or quarter two does that, will, will they connect or will it be a total break into something brand new in, in quarter two? I like the idea of it transitioning into the American dream. So okay. once we figure out what it is to be American, like what, what is American, you know, then transitioning into the American dream and what does the American, like, it, yeah. So quarter two is all about the dream. Okay. So then I would, this would be my suggestion because if you guys take the masterclass or you've heard me talk about this before, you we're going to be needing to work with a year long essential question. And then also the the individual unit questions. Um, I've talked to some people on Instagram lately who are like, my team has eight essential questions for unit one. And I'm like, Oh God. Yeah. That's a lot. That's not essential anymore. No. Think of it in terms of like essential, (laughs) essential oils. Are you going to put all that on your skin? Really? It's like a lot. I think of those, of the things that we're dancing around, I think identity works really well in the year long question, because I think if if you're going to kind of keep layering, I think that coming back to identity over and over as your quarters shift will be really genuine because those texts will continue to inform whatever that question about identity ends up being. So then maybe unit one says something along the lines of, um, uh, how, how does, uh, perspective or how does point of view 
alter the way I understand a story or um, that's not really, we're not sexy yet, but I think perspective is definitely in your unit one draft somewhere. So, um, okay. I like the idea of create meaning because I, I think those two words together, create meaning, create means to like, well, I'm trying to use the word to define itself, but to like fabricate almost not, not in a fake way, but sometimes, right. But to create meaning in that, if you're looking at, oh my gosh, like look at our current events right now, right? Like just, was it last week? Protesters were going by in Florida and that couple is holding loaded firearms and pointing them at them. Like what is the different meaning that's created on each side of that image? You know what I'm talking about? That, yes. yeah, the lawyer and her husband, and I don't remember the husband mm-hmm. did, yeah. And they were just like peacefully walking by and she's got her hand on the trigger because I'm creating my own meaning here and I'm doing, passing a lot of judgment on this woman. Okay. Um, Sorry, I'm, gonna, I'm interrupting you because I think I have something. Okay. What if we did an if-then question? I'm all in. What about something like, I'm actually, and I'm going to ignore your create meaning for just a minute. I'm all in. Because my brain just went here. So what if ignore we said me. something like, if point of view or if perspective means the story is always changing, then when do I know I've found the truth? Okay. I like, I like is always, okay. Delta changing. So by itself, that's kind of a sexy question. So I talk about that too in the masterclass. Like that's like a holy crap. Like that's like a life question, right? If, and it's, and if it does, so then now we need to like go back and check it and then tweak it. Does okay. that fit with Arthur Miller and Crucible? Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, because she was making it up. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which is, and that also, like, that also checks the box of rhetoric, right? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is part of oh, yeah. how the story is told, how the perspective is shared. I just so got you- so sweaty. I have to take my shirt, my uh, like jacket <laughs> off. Hold on. I just got really excited. Well, I love finding Roderick. the truth, finding the truth is like a very like, you know, it's such a literary Englishy kind of thing to well, say. Well, it's such my- an American like, yeah. and, and, and think about 11th graders too. Like they're in that sweet spot of like, we're no longer underclassmen. We're not quite cocky seniors yet. We're like seeking the truth. <laughs> I mean, and I think, I think so when I think about that question, like, I think it, it's kind of cool because and well, whatever version of it, if we, we can definitely keep brainstorming, but so as I'm thinking about it, um, I like to also usually introduce the essential question with a gateway activity. Like, yes. I think it'd be really fun to write like a really silly scenario where, you know, student A tells this story about what happened when they broke up. And then this story, the, this is the breakup story, or this is like, oh, it could be something. Right, it could really be an escape easy. room. It could, it could be a total room. like screw with them. I totally. Love, I love messing with kids' brains. Yeah. Like so total. Oh, I love that. And then they have to evaluate like, okay, if this, if all of these perspectives are telling me the same story, like how do I know what's true or how do I know what's, and, you could say, if you don't want to say what's true, you could say, I don't, how do I know what to trust? Trust yeah. is another big thing with kids. Um, you could say, how do I know what's worth listening to. I don't know. You don't, you don't also don't want the essential question to be too wordy. So that's kind of, I think why I, went I, I like the idea if the, of something like if, Hmm. Isn't it a nice stem though? If this, yes, then, I love that. 
if perspective, I, oh, so let's work a little bit on the wording of if perspective means the story is always changing. Mm. I think just the, the next part, then what is truth? Or then where do we find truth? Or then how do we evaluate truth or something like that? Yeah. As concise as possible, because another check for yourself, if you guys are listening, if you're thinking about essential question, like you actually want this question to be something kids could ask each other at lunch. Right. Like the more convoluted the question, the less authentic it becomes as part well, of their life. And then and like in your, and in your lesson planning, you're like, what the hell am I teaching? <laughs> <laughs> right. So it's <laughs> tricky because you don't want them to be oversimplified, but you also don't want them to be. Right uninteresting or too wordy. Like it's, it's a dance. It's a real dance. And then of course the ultimate test is like actually doing it with children. Well, isn't right. that the test of everything? Yeah. Okay. So what do we have? Gracious. Where are okay. We? So right now we have a little choppy. If yeah. perspective means the story is always changing, then what is truth? So maybe it's something like if taking into account perspective means different versions of a story or something like that. Hmm. Hmm. Or if individual perspectives, I'm thinking, I look like I just smelled it's, something bad, but I'm thinking. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Because <laughs> like, you know, my mom always gave me the little adage, like there are three versions of, story, of a story, yours, mine, and the truth. Yeah. So... Which again mostly, is like super, like there are so many activities I can think of right I now. I know, I know, right? I just hit my microphone. Like, um, I know that, yeah, well, I think back to like middle school drama. Um, if, because the other, about, you go. But what if, if, there, if there are always <laughs> multiple sides to a story, how do I know the truth? How do I find the truth? Always. Then I'm not actually using the word perspective, and that doesn't matter. Um, that's more kid friendly. To a story, question mark, comma. Yeah. How do I find the truth, or how do I know? Or how about then? What is truth? What is then the what truth? Is- then yeah, not the truth, but what is truth? What is truth? What is truth? Tell me. That is a bomb ass. Oh my God. I'm like in early 2000s. Um, that is an amazing. <laughs> I just heard myself in like mm, first year's teaching 2007. Yeah. Uh, talking about like carne asada fries because I'm from San Diego. That's you're welcome. Speaking of perspective. Uh, okay. If. Okay, Amanda, close your eyes. Closing. Just listen. Just listen. I'm doing it. If you guys are driving while you're listening to this podcast, keep your eyes open. If there are, you can make it your bad eye. (laughs) If there are always multiple sides to a story, then what is truth? I love that. I do too. And we actually stepped back from using a lot of Englishy language. And I think that that's perfectly fine because they're inherent. Like in order for kids to get to that, like they need to learn point of view. They need to learn perspective. They need to learn rhetoric. They need to learn about the context of all the things yeah. that we plan on teaching, plus their own lives, their own, I mean, hey, I don't want to get political here, but like, how about our political climate? Like, this is, I think, the biggest struggle for young people, young people, yeah. Uh, it makes it like an old people to say or young no, people. but I think it's a struggle for humans, period. Like, it's, it is. It, yeah. You know, our, first of all, are we listening to multiple sides of the story, right? Like. <laughs> 
it, 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 I think that the question begs more questions, which is for sure. a, a surefire, surefire sign that it's a good essential question. I think it's applicable to pretty much anything you bring into the classroom from what's going on with the world right now. I mean, big time. Oh, yeah. So I think kids will care about it. And I, I think that we could also come up with a pretty cool assessment at the end. Um, you know, I say for essential question-based teaching, it's really important to introduce it in a fun, engaging way, like this escape room that we're going to plan after this episode. Yep. Um, but you also want to assess the essential question. It doesn't have to be the summative, but you definitely want to put your finger on where kids have grown from their initial thought on the question to their final thoughts on the question, at least in terms of like your unit length. So week one versus week nine. Um, and that can always be something as simple as just like a homework reflection. It could be in a discussion, um, or it could be the summative itself. That just depends on your school and the restrictions that you have, um, with common assessments. So, so, okay. I think I may have gotten myself confused. We're looking at this as a unit. Correct. Essential question. Okay, 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 okay. Yes. And then like I, because what I'm thinking is my quarter essential question will have more to do with identity and how does identity and, and how do I, I kind of want to ask, like how do identity mm-hmm. and perspective create meaning? That, that, that's great. Because you don't need to relive that question over and over and over again. Right. Um, that's you, that's you the end. Like yeah, that's, that's the, the synthesis. End. That's the... That's right, because though your kids leave you at the end of the quarter, right? Uh, potentially. No, no, no. I have them for two quarters, so I'll have okay. them from August till okay. January, and that okay. will be. T- so I'll have them for okay. those eighteen weeks, but we'll do the whole course. That's so crazy. Okay. Yeah, and then I'll have all new kids in January. Okay. All right. So there you go. I mean, that is a really like unique circumstance, but you can see, you know, that that's the beauty of essential questions is like now we have this really like deep thread where everything falls back on that question. So even if you are having the kind of week where you're like, Oh my God, what am I doing tomorrow? You have your essential question. Right. And it, it's your thread. That, yeah. Yes. Well, it's, it's All like, that needs to happen is, is a Newzella article or a something. YouTube video and a lesson is planned to get you through the next day if you have to, because the kids can respond to the essential question based on pretty much whatever text you put in front of them. Wait, what did I say? How does identity intersect with perspective to create meaning? Thank you. Oh God, it was my own warning. Wording. Yep, it was. But I, got, okay. I wrote it down and put a box around it. You're a wonderful person. You know, <laughs> listeners of our podcast, are we self-serving? <laughs> this was really fun. This was, really this was fun. good. This was really good. It's actually one of our shorter episodes, but this is like, so we got to show, I mean, seriously, guys, this is completely off the cuff. We've just yes. been, all I did was I listed the stuff that I got from my team on a curriculum map because I want to honor what they have been doing. And I want to make sure, and I'm also going to bring this to my team to be like, Hey guys, what do you think? Um, and there's some other supplemental things that I can add in here, but I love, I don't even know if this is going to be the first unit, the crucible. It might be a little bit later. Like I might start with identity mm-hmm. and then this obviously addresses perspective and then this like, yeah. Okay. I like it. I like it. I, I think like what it. you're saying, Marie, is, is awesome for our listeners to hear. I was in a similar per, um, perspective. I was in a similar position. Uh, when I started at my schools, I jumped onto a team and I got a curriculum map handed to me and it was really fractured. There were texts everywhere. I feel like every unit was a different assessment. It was like 
research, narrative, persuasive. And I'm like, what is going on here? Well, and, and you, f- I mean, because it's that it's, it, and once again, like the, the curriculum map I'm looking at is, is a revamped version of what we did on the semester schedule. But because this is like our, we're going into our fourth year maybe on the quarter system. And so we're still working out the kinks and it is so hard when you're already doing something and you have to keep going with it to change the whole thing. But that is seriously what so many of us are doing this summer while as we were recording summer of 2020 because of so many reasons um, that like, if not now, when? So. And, and so I would say to, to that end, I mean, that's exactly why I think essential questions, we spent so much time talking about it is because this, this is a way to revamp an entire curriculum without actually doing any revamping. Um, you know, you don't have right. to ditch texts and adopt new ones and go through the whole process of that. You just are shifting the way you look at what's already there. And it's so powerful. Like this is what I happened to me my first year I was handed Mockingbird. And I think I've talked about this in an earlier episode. It's not my favorite. We don't want to go on. I'm not going to go on about that right now, but I didn't have a choice in the moment to make a change with a text or even the skills. But what I did do in my own classroom was say, how are we going to talk about it? And so we talked about injustice. Like what do we do when uh, empathy is not enough? Or I don't remember exactly how I, I I said it before. Yeah. Uh, Oh, when injustice occurs, is empathy enough? And a lot of really well-meaning freshmen thought like, yeah, it's good enough to feel empathetic for someone in their injustice. But by the end of the novel and the end of the unit, the kids knew way more about like Khalif Browder and they knew more about other actual people than they did about, um, you know, Atticus and 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 Scout. Yeah. (laughs) You know, and, and that was okay with me because we did a lot of really meaningful learning alongside a text that has issues. Um, but I decided to focus on an essential question that was meaningful. And I think that's exactly what you're doing now, jumping into something that's really well-meaning and really maybe even very well put together. Oh yeah. It has to matter to you first. Well, and it, it's part of the reason that I, it feels disjointed is because it's fast. And so rather than saying, oh, I have to cut stuff. I want to say, no, I just want to keep certain stuff. You know, like I, I'm, I'm kind of changing my perspective on that. Um, and as we're talking about this, I feel like we would be remiss if we did not mention that we have a couple things for our listeners. One is a free 10 day challenge. And if you're listening to this live, the challenge starts Monday, July 6th. If you're listening to this a little bit later, you can still join us. Go to, oh, it's a 10-day unit makeover challenge. And part of this challenge is essential questions. And there's like a scoped in version of what Amanda and I just went through to just kind of like get things going. But I feel like this podcast episode would really help with that day. 10-day unit makeover challenge Pick a unit and give it a makeover. Give it a refresh. It's a great place to start because overhauling curriculum is really intimidating and overwhelming. And it's a 10-day challenge through email. So for, for 10 days in a row, well, we'll skip the weekend. But for 10 days, uh, yeah. we'll send you a fresh email, like PDF with directions of what to do next. So don't feel like you have to do it exactly on the days that we're sending mm-hmm. them to you. But we are going to be 
addressing questions and concerns on that schedule on our social media channels when we're when we're in it live. But like we said, if you want to do this at another point when it's more convenient for you, um, you can certainly sign up and you'll get the emails. You can save them. They'll be PDFs. You'll have everything you need for maybe when you meet with your team later uh, or you're feeling more fresh toward the end of July, depending on when school ended. Either way, we'd love to have you and walk you through just a little like refresh makeover and have someone hold your hand rather than doing it all by yourself. Well, and it's one of those things that I think all of us has felt that like when you want to revamp curriculum or you want to redo something, getting started is the hardest part. And then once the ball gets rolling, you're like, okay, what else can I do? Okay, what else? Okay, and, and I can redecorate my classroom that now has all of my essential questions. Like you start to like get the ball rolling and it just for another ball metaphor. It just snowballs, right? Like huge. And so if you feel yourself getting that momentum, we do have a course coming in August. So stay tuned for more information on that. And if we haven't given you enough to think about, I would love to have you guys in my essential question masterclass. And I will also link that in the show notes for you. It'll be really, um, that's also like a do it when you want kind of a course, um, masterclass, I mean. And so all the videos are on there and you have unlimited access to watch and rewatch as needed. All right, my friend, I think that I might have my brain turning into jelly for right now. I think this is a good place for us to bid each other adieu. Can we say the essential question one more time? Yes. It makes me happy. Okay. Is everybody ready? Here we go. If there are always multiple sides to a story, then what is truth? Thank you guys so much for listening. Please head over to bravenewteaching.com for the show notes to hear about all of the things that we have been talking about and we will see